0: The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent, including OLAS Media. OLAS Media. OLAS Media presents 20 Doors. Welcome to 20 Doors. This is Nathan Abo, your host. Today, I have a special guest, my good friend of 25 years, maybe, Chad Peace. Chad is a very successful attorney, one of our smartest friends, co-founder of IVC. He is a uh, nationally recognized political consultant. Uh, we're, I'm, I'm proud to call him a friend. And he's on the show today because Chad is also an advocate of real estate, an early real estate buyer, which is one of our topics today. And buying early in life, Chad, how are you? Thanks for being here, buddy. Yeah, I don't know about all that stuff. I think you embellished it a little bit. <laughs> well, some of our friends say say Chad's a genius. Um, you know, I I I only recently realized that. Uh, late last year, when he called me and said, "Hey, I want to pick you to be my real estate agent." <laughs> So then I was like, yeah, it's true. This guy, this guy must be a genius. He knows what he's doing. So we're gonna talk about a couple deals. I mean, a a couple topics and why I brought Chad on this show because he felt kind of uh, uh, perfectly in line with what I wanna talk about. Um, That's how his deal went. So uh, two topics today, buying early in life and strategy in today's market. Okay, so buying early in life might happen by accident and might happen by strategy but it happened to Chad nevertheless um, tell us about your first purchase
1: well I mean you also got to have some factors of luck that go in go into it right so I had just been getting out of law school I didn't, I didn't exactly have a lot of money I had a lot more loan debt than I had uh, cash at the time um, you know, and I was just, I was literally looking for a condo and something. And I, I was just driving around San Diego. I'm at the time living with my sister in law and their second kid, helping them take care of kids. And, you know, I'm an adult. I need to get out of here. I was, all, I went to law school a little late. So I was closer to 30 years old. And I was just driving around San Diego. I happened to be driving through North Park. Never really drove through North Park, but there was a sign out there house for sale. Not listed on the MLS, not on any of the websites or anything. And I just got a luck of timing that they were selling the house fast, needed to get out. I didn't have the down payment for a house like that. So I went to a friend to say, "Hey, can you help me out? Um, Who happened to be in the real estate business and said, yeah, and if you don't pay me back, I'll take the property because this looks like, you know, this could be a good investment. Now, nobody could have predicted what would have happened to North Park over the next 10 years. There's part of luck of that. Um, but you know, to your point, the value of of buying early is that you know all the money you put into the mortgage really goes in. It's an investment over time rather than a, like a rent payment.
0: It's a bank. Uh, it's what you did is you leveraged your resources right to get the loan and leverage and finance. I mean, those two words go. They're right next to each other. So so you you had this opportunity to buy this property. You're not thinking long term, right? As an agent, being in the business kind of since I was 20 years old, the number one thing I pushed all my clients, I've said this a million times, what if you bought a house when you were 30, right? And let's fast forward 30 more years and the mortgage is paid off, right? And you're 60. Can you imagine yourself being 60 today with a paid off house? I mean, it's just, it's an amazing idea, right? To think about, nobody thinks long-term, nobody thinks about this long-term. I'm sure you weren't even thinking. But, but strategy in real estate, you did it. You bought early. And what, what it did for you, and it was really, really interesting, and I brought this up to you a few times, is you downsized in your late 30s. Do you understand that concept? I understand it. You downsized. In your late, people downsize when they're 60, when they're 70, because they probably bought real estate way later. So you did this thing where you somehow got into real estate early. 30, I like to promote even earlier, stop going to the bars, stop going to restaurants, buy early, right? Because if that was your last investment, if the only thing you ever did in life was buy that property, look, I mean, look how great you did, you know, in, in sh- 10 short years. So you downsized in your late 30s, right? To Oh, it's a bigger house, but coming from North Park to East County, right? That's, that's... <laughs> right. It's it's just it's a beautiful thing, and it's part of the reason why I love real estate and part of the reason why I wanted to bring you on this show because it's such an, a, an amazing story to buy something at a young age, 10 years later, let's, let's, uh, let's just call the number a million dollars or something like that. It's, it's a ton of money, or, or someone could make a million dollars, let's just say, um, playing this real estate game. You did it right. You did it by accident, I'd say, but what I want all the listeners to kind of hear is the success of, of how you got there you you didn't quite know how to get the loan you started leveraging resources maybe your maybe your income could have supported that loan it probably could have a lot of people at age 30 probably could but you leveraged family or friends and you got the money and you did it and that was that was a big part of just getting in there and getting your hands in real estate so that was like a big big part of it so congratulations to you cuz that was huge to do that right but most people don't have that mentality you didn't even have that mentality at that young age, you know, let's just say even in your 20s, to think I gotta get in the house. So what I'm trying to say, and part of this big thing about this first topic I wanna talk about is buying early in real estate. Getting in there early. Don't buy the BMW to impress your girlfriend. Don't go out to all these stupid dinners. Don't go out and buy bottle of service. You save, you sacrifice. All your friends are doing it. They're gonna call you a loser for not doing it, but you're gonna own a piece of property, right? So take it like a step further This is kind of what I push too, is buy a second property. Okay, so can you imagine if you had two properties before you were 30, right? Two doors. Right. Before you're 30. One's paid off and one. So you're 60 now. It's 30 days later. You make no other investments. You just spin that that uh, that rat wheel you're spinning. You did nothing else. You just worked for this company forever. But you got two properties. Right. One's paid off. One, you're collecting five thousand dollars a month of rent. renting. that's a pretty good retirement if you don't do anything and you don't even use your brain at all, I think. Which is kind of why maybe i'm so successful in real estate maybe
1: <laughs> yeah but you know, like you said there are other factors in it everything from the buying which i've experienced with you is understanding that it, you know not all real estate agents are the same it's not just like buying a house and then selling a house and has oh, happened. there's a lot of stuff that goes on from the time people start walking in your door until you get that check at closing like a lot of things happen right and there's a lot of ways the deal could have gone wrong so there's that factor and then as I discussed before, there's also the combination of luck. I think to your point, if you buy early, you know, the trends of time, right? You're going to be fine after 30 years. It's going to be a good investment no matter what. My particular relatively short time frame to be successful was a combination known, OK, this was a good time to buy. But, you know, admittedly, I, I, I wasn't an absolute expert. I happened to buy in the right place at the right time. And then we had this crazy hot market. And that's where I came to you and say, hey, look, If I'm going to downsize out there, now's the time to do it. So
0: you called me, I think it was December um, 2021, probably. Um, I want to sell my house. I'm thinking about it. I'm starting this whole position process, right? Going back to why you're a genius and why why you called me. So here we are in December, right? And I'm constantly studying markets and finances and I'm seeing what's going on. And you have the Fed every other day talking about raising rates, um, ultimately understanding their game plan is, you know. How we're we going to tackle inflation? We're going to have to crash the economy. We have to raise, we have to raise interest rates. Raising interest rates is probably the number, the only way to probably correct inflation, right? So we saw that writing on the wall. Interest rates were still like three and a half percent when we three percent maybe still when three. we were talking about listing the home, the home right. right? I still remember till this, and I, I'm, I'm I'm proud of these things, right? I'm I'm proud of these things. When I call you and I say, hey, listen, screw waiting another month. The writing's on the wall. These guys; these rates are going up, and when the rates go up and stuff starts to trend up, I've seen different markets in my uh, career. Right? I've seen when shit just shuts down. Okay, and I'm not saying real estate just shut down now. It's it's definitely slower, right? But when rates start to go up, people start to get scared, and they start to think, "Oh, I'm going to wait till the market crashes," and that just just starts starts feeling this whole thing right. Um, so. We said hey chad don't wait i think you were going on a trip let's list it right now i'll take care of it over here we have to get in contract before these rates start to trend up even more right we did that uh and look what happened now rates yeah. are at seven and a half percent on your property i was running numbers right if we were to sell today versus when we sold i think it was like in april or something or may um the the buyer's payment difference would have been $3,000 a month difference. Can you, that's like extremely significant. No, and then going and buying
1: the house that I replaced, it would have been more, exactly, even more than that. Exactly. Right, so, you know, I think there's a combination of fact, factors too that on there is one, you got to have a, a, a real estate agent that takes credit for your own foreshadowing. Uh, that's a joke. That's a hey, joke, well, Nate. No, no, Nate, Nate, no, Nate really, serious, did. Serious he, re- <laughs> he really, he, you know, he really did. I was going on this trip and we had had this conversation, but he's like, no, 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 you got to get it up now. And he, and he made the absolute right call. Right. And there's the combination. Yeah, I did come into it. You know, I had a unique situation where I had an opportunity to live next to my parents out East. Right. And I'm sitting here on a property with, you know, high two, low three interest rates and from between the political landscape and the inflation talks that were coming. And then a real estate agent that I call saying, look, this, you know, it's coming. We don't know if it's going to be next month or six months or even a year, but there is not your risk reward of holding on for another month is not very high. Right. So do it now. And,
0: and, you know, luckily we did it now. Um, we listed high. We got it. You're, the market's different. When you listed, you can almost list at whatever number you kind of thought somebody would pay over in an overpriced idea, right? Um, I know you want more, and you feel like you, you know, you didn't no. I mean, and actually, I <laughs> think, that, I think that's an, that.
1: no. I think that's an important call about in real estate, and that's one of the things I really appreciated about you and learned from you during the process. Is right? Is like you can't go in there and say, hey. I'm only going to be happy if I got the absolute maximum dollar that I could have got for the house. Right. And there was a lot of things to say, okay, well, this, you know, we had a water pipe that we had to fix. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a call you say, well, so what? There's a buyer's market. Go, you know, take it, fix it when you buy it. Right. And I think we talked and your advice and it was good. And I agreed with you was like, no, let's just go fix the pipe. Right. What are we talking about? We're talking about. A, f- a few dollars in a relatively large deal why even create that frustration and friction between the buyer and the seller we're going to we're going to we're going to create friction over some spilt milk like just just fix it
0: um, there are certain, t- different markets offer different kind of entitlements for the buyer and the seller, right? You're supposed to get different things in different markets. In a seller's market, you get the world, right? You, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to bend over. Whoever's going to pay me the most, I'm, I'm going to take it. We were kind of right in the middle where that seller's market was turning into um, a big buyer's market, right? Right. Um, fixing something like a like a um, what
1: was your case it was the drain line that yeah was there was broken. a drain pipe going into the city you know? sewer system and it was kind of corroded and you know the the inspection showed that you know it needed to be fixed
0: right there were other things in that inspection mm-hmm. plenty of other things there's always going to be a million things in the inspection some things should be fixed right right just because you're the seller we're not here to be have some sort of big conflict between the buyer and the seller that should be working right so that was a very minor thing to fix i think we fixed it we said yes right away we we played this position like no we want this working for this next buyer that prevents a lot that keeps the buyer happy when we close that prevents a lot of uh like uh, um no buyer remorse, less buyer remorse, because you can imagine yeah, somebody might have it. Yeah, it was always a, cor- it it was a
1: cordial process through there, and there's a lot of points where it couldn't have been. I mean, they forgot to add the laundry machines into the list of items that they purchased. So technically, we didn't have to give them the laundry machine, right? And yeah. so they're saying, okay, here's a bunch of stuff that's nitpicky, like, okay, this wire was, you know, this wire shouldn't be a standalone wire and do this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, like that kind of stuff. That's going to be more, you know, trouble than it's worth to go do it. It doesn't cost a lot of money. Fine fix the pipe. Okay, you can have the laundry machines, right? What am I going to do? I got to sh- cart over some, you know, relatively older laundry machines to my new house and new ones anyway, right? So it was like, have the laundry machines, fix the pipe. Okay, this other nitpicky stuff we're not going to do with it and I think everybody was happy with it. And yeah, could I Could you have, you know, not have had to spend that much money to do it or gotten a few thousand dollars for the laundry machine? Okay, that's technically we're getting more money, but is that really worth it in
0: a deal like this? Can you imagine falling out of escrow in that deal? The reason why you want to babysit a deal like that and timing wise, can you imagine falling out of that deal, jumping into... A new market with a one percent higher interest rate at the time, everything changes. hold yeah, whole dynamic it, it, it changes, right? right? Fast forward three, four, five months, it's it's three, four percent more. It it's it would have been a whole different landscape. It would have been much different. Yeah. Um yeah. The, would you say your purchase of that property and sale was life changing?
1: Well, yeah. I, I mean, of, of course, we it would have gained a lot of you know, a lot of stability and a lot of, you know. Now I'm into another house and have equity already in that house and, you know, was able to get it. And I locked in a (laughs) 2.74 interest rate on it. You know, that alone allows, so the the house might cost this, but you couldn't buy that house today. I couldn't buy
0: it today because the interest rate doubled, tripled. And I ask you that question because real estate is such a beautiful asset. I'm not saying that because I sell it this is part of this the sales part is i'm not a salesman you know what i mean i just believe in the product you know good salesmen always (laughs) say that that they're not really sales i'm the shittiest salesman ever i mean i don't have these little taglines and different things i just you know i know the product right and i can only sell something that i think is going to work but 30 years old eight years later um it's like passive income you're paying you're paying rent, let's just call it rent, but it's going into a bank for yourself, the asset's growing like crazy. You don't even know the asset's growing. Then all of a sudden, because of policy and different things going on in our our world, your real estate goes up like 30% in two years, just those last two years. I mean, that's nuts.
1: But that's part of the lie. You couldn't have foresaw 10 years ago that you're going to have this blip of time where... You know the market's going to go way up. Or at the same time, you have an opportunity. You have a one-year-old kid, and you have an opportunity to move next to your p- grandparents and stuff. Those things are just circumstances of time. Some people call it God. Some people call it karma. Some people just call it dumb luck. Whatever the hell, we don't. Whatever you're, whether you're religious or not, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's like you can't predict those types of things. And yes, I, I feel feel blessed <laughs> that that all came together at the same time. But to your point, like if you buy early over the course of 30 years, you're gonna have the moment, right? Mm -hmm. There may be a moment when everything crashes below, right? But you have to anticipate that there might be lows or might be highs or might be this. But at your moment, right, to make a move, you got to make the move. And that's where that's kind of the call that you got for me was like, this is your moment, (laughs) make the move. Okay, let's do it.
0: Some people call it luck. Um, I call it um, putting yourself in a position to be lucky. It's probably like a better way to describe it because if you weren't invested, either th- that luck had no chance of ever hitting you, right? Um, That's so, why I gamble. Well, yeah, you should. <laughs> just kidding, I actually that. don't. <laughs> yeah, anymore. I know my newest client is is a professional gambler, and we just found out that the bank can accept his income, so he's going to be really excited to hear that. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't worry about gambling. gambling. Real estate should not be a gamble it should be very, uh, you should use a lot of strategy. You should, uh, be very conservative. You should know, uh, going back to, I think, talking about some of the last stuff in our last podcast, conservative criteria. I always preach conservative criteria. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? But there are certain things of a home. Every once in a while, I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Certain criteria in a home you won't lose. You yeah. won't lose, yeah. right? There's certain I could talk about a million things. I won't right now, but there's certain things, certain aspects of home that perform better any any given day, right? Right. So um uh that that's kind of part of what I preach. Um, but I'm I'm just I'm stoked to see someone do what you did, invest. None of your friends probably had a house at that time. I'm sure you're maybe one of the only ones, at least, you there's know a few, you did. Well, I'm in real estate. So for me, it's strategy. I know this stuff is going to happen, right? So I know that I have to invest. I know that I have to buy real estate, you know? Um, A lot of other people with different types of like jobs, let's say like you, more professional jobs than me. Um, you guys are so, you, think? you know, you guys have your 401ks, you guys have your different types of maybe your, your company's stock portfolio, mean real estate. I don't, I didn't have that. Right. So at age 20 years old, I'm thinking, okay, I don't have the 401k. My 401k is going to be a property, right? Then, okay, kids got the kids. I need, I need some money for college. I have the five to nine college funds and all that stuff. But, but, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to buy another house. That's for that kid's college. Cause by the time they're 18, I'm going to have a couple hundred grand there. That's for their college. So that's kind of how I worked it. So most people don't come with that kind of idea that I'm going to outlast this market. I'm going to be in, I'm going to be in this, I'm going to have this real estate for 30 years. I'm not going to do you know, here's a good question. Someone told me this a while ago and it's like, it's like, it's a really good question. Have you ever met anybody that bought real estate 30 years ago and lost i don't know anybody have they lost any has anyone lost have they has their property mark Has their value went down in from 30 i don't think there are properties that have gone down in the last 30 it it doesn't work like that real estate is 100 well not in this country some countries maybe i don't know but it's a hundred percent it works and if you're in the long-term game, it works. And if you make money, this is also what I tell people, if you make money in the short term, then that's just luck. Again, you positioned yourself to, to acquire that, to get that luck, right? But that's not how real estate's supposed to work. You buy real estate, you buy today. It's a, it's a long-term game. And one thing I can guarantee you with the conservative criteria that I just talked about, it's it's 100% you will have a successful investment. So that's what all of these new people that are entering the market who are super super maybe scared or don't know or the landscape adjusted cuz now their payment is more there's still a ton of opportunity which leads me to my next topic that I wanted to talk about in this in this podcast and that's strategy in this market and who's who's this market for right because in every market there's there's the right investor for every market and by the way there's money to make in every single market. It takes adjusting, right? But in this market, and we're talking about just the primary buyer, right? This is this is a huge market for a big, big group of people. And that, and that group of people is the move-up buyer, okay? Who's the move-up buyer? I need to sell to buy another house. That was an impossible thing to do in the last two years. 50 offers on every property. Sellers didn't want a contingent offer, contingent upon selling their home first right right that was an impossible thing to do so you had a lot of people stay and put right they're like what am i supposed to do i can't sell my house and then go rent nobody does that or what am i supposed to do sell my house and do a rent back from the buyer of my house for maybe two months and hope i find a house how are you going to find out there's 50 offers on every property you know what i mean you're going to take that risk of being on the street so it, it kept a lot of people uh put right they weren't they weren't doing anything a lot of people need to move up. You know, a lot of people need a bigger house. You needed a bigger house. You know, a lot of people have kids. A lot of people bought their first. I did
1: have to live in an apartment with my dog and my wife and my one-year-old kid. You had to do it.
0: There you go. You had to do it. You know, it's the same kind of thing. So now we're falling into this market where, guess what? There are no offers on these properties. Okay. So there's two big strategies and two big genre of people that I want to talk to that I'm speaking directly to them actually today. And I want them to start thinking, they might be thinking, Oh, I'm going to wait for some time, the market or something. Good luck with that. Right. And no one's timing the market. No one knows what's going to happen next. Right. But the move up buyer, let's sell now and find another house, write a contingent offer on that house and close at the same time. So we're going to close that house. Um, the funds from that house are going to go to the escrow of the new house. Everything happens simultaneously at the same time. It's the perfect situation. It's one of the most stressful things to do. Mm -hmm. It's very, very difficult to do. Most agents can't even, can't even pull this off because it's a very, very hard thing to time this all perfectly in the right way. Right. Too many moving parts. This is, we're finally in a market where you can move up. That's, that's very, very valuable. So then you might say, well, interest rates are 7%. What am I going to do? well, guess what? These are the rates. You know what I mean? You have to get used to this new landscape. If if you can't afford a million dollar house at 7%, you have to adjust and you have to buy something different. This is the market, right? So that takes me to kind of the next part of how to strategize in this market. For that same buyer, leveraging and finance, kind of going back to what we were just talking about earlier at the beginning of this podcast, There's there's there are options. There's not, it's not just a 7%. A savvy agent and a savvy lender we'll show you some good options. I just put a deal in escrow at a 5% 30-year fixed. It's a portfolio loan. The guy had money in his bank. He's buying a like a two, it's around a $2 million place. The bank said, "We'll give you this loan. We'll finance it ourselves. We're not going to sell the note. We're going to we're going to service the note and we'll give you a 5% interest rate." So 5% translated to $2,000 a month on that sale. That's huge. Like guys, you guys need to listen to me. That that's that's huge. Okay? So so that's a big deal. Next, we have these these arm rates. It's an adjustable rate mortgage. So for that same person who doesn't have a ton of money in the bank, where the bank will do a portfolio loan, meaning they're going to give you the loan not based on government Freddie Mac guidelines. It's just that specific bank's guidelines. Across the spectrum are these arm loans. Again, this sounds maybe kind of gibberish to some people, but it's very attainable. A 5% interest fixed for seven years. Um, then it turns into an adjustable every year or every six months. After that, um, that's a totally fine loan. I'm not a. Fr- I'm the most conservative investor, right? That's a totally fine loan because we've seen the Federal Reserve do this a million times, where they completely dictate the markets through their interest rates. So when when stuff starts to get bad, guess what? They drop the interest rate. I really feel like the rates will drop. In the next few years so you get this low interest rate you're saving two grand a month three grand a month uh, a year later two years later you refinance I think that's I, I don't see values dropping between now and I see stuff slowing down I see I see flatlining I see a minimal growth I, It's it's not gonna I don't see a big drop in pricing right so if you can if you can facilitate this move up sell and buy get that low rate there's no reason anybody shouldn't be looking at real estate right now that, that's like the next big thing. Okay, going back to another type of buyer who should be looking today is an investor, right? Because you need to be writing low ball offers right now. You need to be looking at this market time right now, right? People don't, people aren't doing that. I, I put another deal in escrow, 200 grand off the price. 200 grand off the price that's a big deal so you go in there you see this market time 30 days 25 days 30 days and we're writing these lowers but we're putting together some pretty cool deals so this is that time you're not going to be able to do this once once rates come down again and people start to go crazy or once they figure out some way to incentivize a buyer again which they will 40year you know, loans and and stated income loans all that stuff's coming back
1: well that's something I always like and you look at I mean you look at my house and it's actually even higher than I sold it right now and if you go on Zillow or Redfin or something, you go, oh, you sold it too early. Could have got more. It's like that; those prices don't mean anything at the end of the day. It's what somebody's willing to pay for it, right? And they algorithms, you know. In the algorithm world we live in today, you can say, "Well, this is what it is." But like, you're you're dealing with the reality on the ground of what goes in and, uh, into and out of every deal, and, and the most important thing is like, people need to, I, from my perspective, people need to understand is like. The value of your home is what somebody is willing to close a deal on, right? It's not what it says on Zillow or what it says on Redfin or what your friend down the street thinks your house is worth, right? It's what you actually close the deal on, right? And right now, to your point, yeah, if you have the money to go on investment, and especially if you have the cash and don't need to you know, get a huge loan, Now's the time to say somebody may have listed their house for $1.5 million and in their aspirational world and, you know, they may think they want to get that, but maybe in a position that for $1.25 or something, they'd be willing to give it up because that's the best offer on the table.
0: Well, just like buyers may be scared and this whole thing is ran through confidence, right? Just like buyers may be scared, sellers are scared during, I love these, these are my markets. Tra- transitory markets like this this is my market because I go in there and I find vulnerability with these but with these sellers and I and we just we 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 get the best deals out of them they're scared right so if you have a house sitting on the market for three weeks four weeks it's not listed you're watching the news um, I think the 10-year Treasury this morning was at like 4.1 or something it's the highest it's, it's ever been that's that kind of 10 is tied directly to the, these interest rates right so so as you see that 10-year go up automatically know your your interest rate is going to go up too. So sellers see that and they know that and they're they're hearing all this bad stuff on the news. They're going to consider any offer. They're going to consider these offers. Where I'm finding a lot of opportunity right now, a lot of people are inheriting homes. They're inheriting homes. Their family's dying. They get these houses, right? Um, a lot of them need work because they've been just rental properties forever or something. They list it. It's two million bucks. There's there's five people there. Five five siblings. They all want their money, and I know that because it's a trust sale, or it's you know that that's the that's how they're identifying the property. That's that's what they're selling, and I'm going in there. I'm like, oh yeah, all right. Well, five people. There's five siblings. Well, what the hell do they care? Fifty. 000. Let's offer them two hundred less. What do they care about?
1: Yeah, they're gonna split it up five ways, and they didn't have any skin in the game to start with, right? And that's what I'm gonna say is like. Somebody going a seller, a seller should be looking at it now is going okay, well I, I could have got 1.4 million, you know, 3 months ago. Well, 2 years ago you could have only got $800,000, 900,000, right? So from that perspective, if you wanted to move and you want to move now, yeah, it's a bad market, but you would have you would have been like, wow, I can't believe I got a million dollars for this home a couple years ago. And now you're sitting here spilling milk because you can't get the one point four you could have had you know four months ago you're gonna do fine you only have four or five hundred into the house in the first
0: place right that's actually a good point that's a good point for someone out there listening because they're thinking market's gonna crash or something or or a seller thinks like you know the the sky's falling I think sellers are really cool about the idea that hey, I still have a ton of equity in this place. If things slow down, like, what do I care? I mean, this is all kind of pretend money anyways until I sell it, you know what I mean? But if but if I bought for 500 and six months ago it was worth 1.2, but maybe maybe today it's worth 1.1, nobody cares, nobody's in a frenzy, you know what I mean? You're gonna sell it, they're still gonna, and if you, if you had, going back to conservative criteria, if you had that conservative criteria that I sell in the first place, you're not even gonna have had any loss, because it's only the bad properties that are taking the losses right now. These good properties that kind of have what people want, those are flying off the shelf. Those aren't. Those aren't. And those are still going up, as a matter of fact. So that's kind of where I'm going with this whole thing is, is there's there's not a lot of – shouldn't be a lot of fear there if that's what people are feeling. Because that's what the news tells you to feel. All you see is – all you hear is bad stuff going on. But, but that's why I'm here to kind of talk about uh, – the opportunity that's there and there's opportunity in every market and it's up to the investor, it's up to the agent to adjust to the opportunity, to find the opportunity, to identify value. And I think that's, that's been a whole, like, a uh, uh, the whole th- reason behind my success has been the, it's been identifying value. Right. So, and how to kind of work these markets. All right. This goes back to kind of what we were talking about. And my two big topics today, you kind of went through one of them, which was the move up, you moved up in size of home but you moved down in size of price so that's why i call it you downsized at you know in your 30s you actually bought a much bigger house but your smaller house was worth, worth more than your than your big house Yeah, which is just kind of an interesting thing i'm going to keep throwing that in your face because it's kind of really cool that you did that so buying early i'm very happy that you did that I, I think you're a success story in that people need to kind of uh know that that opportunity is there and how to be successful with real estate and it buying early I think is is the biggest no-brainer. If you can afford it, if you can leverage your resources, which is what you did, you maybe couldn't get the loan, you made some calls, you figured out how you can do it. Family is a big thing too, guys. Leverage your family. Don't they're there. If if you have that option, le- leverage your boss might help. I I've helped people um and and figure out your way in, right? Because it's about putting yourself in that position to get lucky, putting yourself in a position to be in an asset that, that grows. So you accomplished that. You did, you did the move up. Um, the move up is the biggest thing I think everybody needs to hear right now. Nobody could do it. Now is your time to do it. Don't worry about the interest rates. There's very creative financing out there. And as a professional, we do think the rates are coming down. I mean, the rates have, they, they just, we've seen it do it so many times where they go up, everything stops, then the economy screws up, then they go back down, and everything kind of starts to skyrocket again. People go nuts, and they, they jump on it, there's gonna be 50, so it's gonna happen, it's always gonna happen. You have to have an exit plan in real estate, right? You can't afford it, you lose your job, that's the number one thing. The easiest exit plan is, well, you can sell if there's equity, and there's probably always gonna be equity if I sell it to you, right? But the other exit plan is renting. So so have your exit plan, make sure your rent is is a uh, maybe the same amount of your as your mortgage or or you can figure out a way if you have to kind of throw some more money on top of it to manage it, but uh but you should usually always be at a breakout even point. There's your exit strategy. Shit hits the fan, you rent it out, you go move into something that you feel like is more affordable for yourself, maybe a small apartment. I don't know. I don't know what would cause you to have to you know for shit to hit the fan maybe get a divorce or something or maybe you do, like you say you lost like i said you lost your job or something that's the only way but that's how you kind of have to look at i think uh, uh how to take advantage of of today's market right you look at kind of all those variables um, um how can i make money in today's market and, th- and that that's how you do it today it's the low ball go in there low ball make yourself a deal if you think the market's crashing, go and try to get tomorrow's price today. It's a very, very vulnerable moment. This type of vulnerability won't, won't be there forever. It's happening during only these kind of transitions. People are scared. Sellers are scared. Go in there and take advantage. Get a good deal. And I think it's totally there. Uh, three-week market times, four-week market times, two-month market times, those are like, they're asking for offers. Send me a low offer, I'm overpriced, right? And I'm doing that and we're putting these deals together. Um, when we could otherwise never even imagine, uh, these offers would get thrown out in a, in, in a second, they wouldn't get looked at, but now there are zero offers on these properties. So take advantage out there, people. This is, this is your market. This is my market. I love this market. You know, you should buy another house. <laughs> I think you should see, I'm not good at selling. I'm not a salesman. <laughs> I am not a salesman, but if you ask me what I think will happen in real estate, I think real estate will probably double in value in the next 10 years. And that, that's probably can be a whole nother show that we could talk about. But I have my reasons. And I, I think because of inflation and because of money printing and because of a lot of other things going on in the world, I think we're, I think real estate is going to be one of the, like an untouchable asset as we spread the wealth gap. And as that continues to spread and, and the middle class continues to kind of disappear, I think, I think higher end real estate is going to do really well. Actually, I'm looking at higher end real estate right now as investments, not even to live in. I can't afford the big $10,000 payments. I don't want a $10,000 payment, right, that I want to have to pay out of my pocket. But I will invest in those properties and I will rent them out because strategically, I think those are, we're going to see good gains in those properties. I know I'm going to make money on it in the long term. Somebody else is going to pay my mortgage um, and then now I have a 3 $4, 5000000 million asset that... I'm not, I don't have some crazy income. I can't afford that, but I can afford to invest in it and I can afford to have someone else pay the mortgage and then and then I will also realize the gains 30 years from now when there is no mortgage. So that's kind of been my my strategy and it's a working strategy. So for you and anyone out there listening, you have one, right? You have one now. Buy your other one. So when we're 60... We can say, hey, thanks, these are both paid off. I'm in the best position ever. My house is worth five million. My investment is worth five million. I've got $20,000 coming in a month. I got no mortgage payment. And I didn't have to do anything else for the rest of my life. This is well, it.
1: Well, we got kid two coming about three months. So how about you have that conversation with my wife and see if <laughs> that's a good idea.
0: There you go. That is a good idea <laughs> because you should buy your kid a house. This is a whole nother thing. We'll kind of end on this. Buy all your kids a house, guys. If This you can. is Nate, not
1: a salesman.
0: Buy, you, they, how are they going to buy a house later? How are they going to buy a house later?
1: I know. I, know. I, feel, I feel terrible for the next generation. It's Par- tough. Parents it's really are tough. buying
0: their kids' houses. They're helping. And, you know, some people don't have the parents to do that. I get it. You go there, you make your sacrifices, you do what you need to do, right? You just need to get get invested. So that's what I wanted to kind of elaborate today. That's what I wanted to tell people today. We're in this market where people are stressed out about what to do. Their payments are more. What do I do? Well, the first thing you do is you don't buy a stupid property. You don't buy because you think it's your dream property. You, you call an agent like me, you find out what I'm preaching with conservative criteria, you buy something like that, you have your backup plans, right? And I guarantee you, you're going to be successful. And I actually guarantee, it's hard to make these guarantees, but I guarantee you're, you're going to see like a yield or you're going to see a successful deal. He did it for me. I did it for you, but <laughs> for you it was it was on an accident. And for a lot of people, it's 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 an accident. They buy a house because they needed to and
1: Yeah, but like I said, you had a luck, but then also all the stuff that went along the way, you made sure that you captured that that good situation, whether it's luck or whatever else it is, because there's a lot of things you could have missed the moment. Yeah. Right. If you didn't handle the deal right, we could very easily miss the moment and then
0: we'd be looking back, how did that how did we not take advantage of that time? If you find yourself investing in real estate by accident and you're successful, imagine investing in real estate using strategy. Boom. Seriously. It's a big deal. Imagine talking to someone who knows what they're talking about, tells you buy this house, not that house, right? Using some some strong strategy. You're 20 years old. I got to get you in this house and you got to buy this house and not that house. And it, you didn't do it by luck. You did it by strategy. Your return is probably tenfold. <laughs> makes sense, right? It makes sense. As we close this session, I want to I wanna ask you um, a very serious question. How was your experience um, during our real estate deal and your experience working with me?
1: You know, like I said, I got to know you in a different way. I've known you as friends. Like, you know... W- for I don't know 25 years or something so i got to know you in a different way i knew you were successful i had other people say you, you're a great real estate agent right but I, you get to see it when you go through because this in part it's a slow process and in part it's a fast process right but i saw how responsive you were not only to me but to, mm-hmm. uh, you know to the buyer side of the equation and making sure and thinking strategically about every step but and you know you never got nothing ever like was a like, a curveball that you couldn't hit, right? Things come up. There's the pipe, there's the there's this question, there's this question about enti- you know, all these things come up, right? You always stayed calm. I think you always gave good advice. You listened to me and say, "Okay, well, you understood what was important to me and what was not. A lot of these are not monetary decisions, right? Not everything is about a dollar in, dollar out. You understood that, and at the end of the day, the most important thing is getting the deal done where the buyer, the seller, they're happy everybody feels good about the deal and i and I saw you how you manage that that process. So you know I, my plug for you would be you know anybody that wants to go into a house, understand one, it's not a really smooth thing and everything just all of a sudden happens. You sell it is you want somebody you feel comfortable with who doesn't lose their cool, who, you know, everything, you know, they know how to handle the inevitable curveballs. You did a great job with it. So I thank you for that very much. No,
0: I I appreciate you saying that. That's, I guess, where experience comes into play. Some people like to tout experience sometimes, but all those different curveballs, you know, we've seen them, we knew how to handle them. We, you know, you can handle things a million different ways. We just want to handle it the way that's that's going to take us to the finish line um, um, while being ethical in every way possible. Um, and, and we did that. So um, thank you for saying that. I'm, I'm happy you had a very successful transaction. Um, your Your next real estate transaction is going to be very successful. Um, and yeah, well, that's because I'm gonna hire you. Well, there you go. You're gonna have to buy two more houses, though, one for each one of the kids. <laughs> so, thank you, Chad. Appreciate thank you, Mr. You Salesman. <laughs> Appreciate you, Chad. Thank you for listening. Glad you're here. If you want to follow more, follow me on social media. Look me up, Nate Albo Homes. Find me on Facebook, Nathan Albo, uh, to hear more about real estate and other things going on in my world. Ola's oh, Media.